Don't look now. So welcome to Don't Look Now, the podcast with your ho, host. Ho, ho, oh, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Are we having a Christmas episode today? I wanted to throw some in there for oh, you. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> ching, 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 Yes, ching. yes. Jingle bells. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Whatever, whatever else you want to associate with, with secular Christmas. Throw yep. it all in there. Look, this is the only time you guys are going to get me to talk about it. So. Okay. All right. So. Sorry. Sorry, you can finish your oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I, I, I'm with uh, <laughs> Jenny McDonald. Uh, our, our resident Christmas expert, and uh, <laughs> I'm Will Hageman, and uh, welcome to our podcast full of random topics and things of interest to Jenny and I. Yeah. And uh, so what are we talking about today, Jenny? Well, um, I did this one on the fly, so I totally stole an article from History.com, who's our Sweet. friends that we love very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about the history of Christmas and why we have the weird traditions that we do in America. Nice. There's some good good victorian appropriation there too so be, yes yes there is as long as you can break out victorian stuff then you, you know, know we're, I do we're love in the it. wheelhouse yes, so, yes everything so let's get started with how did it start right mm-hmm. in scandinavia the norse celebrated yule from december 21st which is the winter solstice through january that's kind of like spooky season for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In recognition of the return of the sun, fathers and son would bring home large logs, which they would then set on fire. The people would feast until the log burned out, which could take as many as 12 days. That is awesome. How full would you be? (laughs) We're going to feast for 12 days. Nice. Um, Excuse me. Uh, The Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during that year. Nice. A lot of damn pigs and calves for 12 days. yeah. The end of December was a perfect time for celebration in most areas of Europe. At that time of year, most cattle were slaughtered so they would not have to be fed during the winter. For many, it was only the only time of year when they had a supply of fresh meat. In addition, by that time of year, most of the wine and beer that was made was finally it's ready to drink. ready to go. All right. <laughs> so we're they all fermented up. We ate all the meat and we drank all the drink. Yes. <laughs> meat, drink, and cheese. That's, that's, that's a hell of a combination. It's a so. great 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 party <laughs> and in germany people honored the pagan god odin during the midwinter holiday germans were terrified of odin because they thought that he made nocturnal flights through the sky to observe people and then decided who would prosper or perish um because of his president presence not presidents presence <laughs> many people decided just to stay inside all winter same there's nobody nice. watching yeah. me i just want to stay inside all winter <laughs> okay so let's talk rome all right. In Rome, winters aren't that harsh, though. Mm-hmm. So they had a celebration called Saturnalia, which was a holiday that honored Saturn, who was the god of agriculture. Um, and this began the week leading up to winter solstice and continued for a month. Wow. It was hedonistic in nature. Yeah, yeah. There was lots of food and drink, and um, all the normal social order was turned upside down. There you go. The slaves would become masters. Peasants ran the city, and businesses and schools were closed, so everybody could participate. Yes. So a month of hedonism is what yes. we're talking about. A party combined with the purge, all going on at once. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. Um, around the time of this festival, the Romans observed Juvenalia, which was a feast honoring the children of Rome. So in addition, members of the upper class often celebrated the birth of Mithra, the god of the unconquerable sun, on the 25th. 
Mithra was the infant god and was born of rock. For some Romans, um, this was the most sacred day of the year. Okay. Romans. Nice. In the early years of Christianity, Easter was actually the main holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, the birth of Jesus, nobody cared about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until the 4th century that the church officials decided to institute the birth of Jesus as a holiday. However, the Bible doesn't mention a birth date. Yes. And if anything, it's in the spring. Right. So, yeah. Um, the Puritans don't agree with that. Yeah. So they say that if you don't have a date, you have no reason to celebrate. Yeah. Right? hmm So they just denied the legitimacy of any celebration on that date. There is some evidence that suggests the birthday occurred in the spring, like you said, um, because why else would the shepherds be hurting things? Yep, it's basically lambing season, so there you go. Yep. And Pope Julius I chose December 25th. Um, It's commonly believed that the church chose this date as an effort to adopt and absorb the traditions of the pagan Saturnalia. Uh, First called the Feast of the Nativity, the custom spread to Egypt by 432 and then to England by the end of the 6th century. By the end of the 8th century, the celebration of Christmas had spread all the way to Scandinavia. Today, in Greek and Russian Orthodox churches, though, Christmas is celebrated 13 days after the 25th, Hmm. also called the Epiphany or Three Kings Day. Um, and that was the day that they thought the wise men actually found Jesus in the manger. Mm-hmm. So who knows when he was born before, but this is the day that we care yeah. about. Yep. It's when we actually found him because those parents mean nothing. <laughs> By holding Christmas at the same time as traditional winter solstice festivals, church leaders increased the chances that Christmas would be popularly embraced, um, but gave up the ability to dictate how it was celebrated. Mm-hmm. By the Middle Ages, Christianity had, for the most part, replaced pagan religion. On Christmas, believers attended church, then celebrated <laughs> in raucous, drunken, carnival-like atmospheres similar to Mardi Gras. There you go. Each year, a beggar or student would be crowned the Lord of the Misrule, and eager celebrants played the part of his subjects. The poor would go to the houses of the rich and demand their best food and drink, and if they failed to comply, the visitors would terrorize them with mischief. Nice. <laughs> is genius. I'm going to go to a rich person's house and demand that they give me their best scotch, and when they don't do it, I'm yeah. going to be an asshole. Yeah. No, it sounds... No, I guess I know where Boxing Day comes from now. <laughs> Pretty bunch, yeah. Yeah. Um, Christmas becomes the time of year when the upper class could repay their real or imagined debt to society by entertaining the less fortunate citizens. Mm-hmm. Which actually is kind of lovely to think that yeah. if you are doing well, you help take care of others. I like yeah. that. I mean, I don't necessarily agree that you get tormented by people if you don't give them everything. Yeah, but, but you know, a little noblesse oblige is good. You yeah. Know, yeah. You know. Keep the people happy. In the early 17th century, a wave of religious reform changed the way Christian cele- Christmas was celebrated in Europe. When Cromwell and his Puritan forces took over in England in 1645, <laughs> Cromwell, they voted to rid England of decadence, Yes, and they cancel Christmas. <laughs> By popular demand, Charles II was restored to the throne, and with him came back Christmas. Nice. Now, here's the thing, though. Our wonderful pilgrims that came to America in mm-hmm. 1620 were even more orthodox in their beliefs than Cromwell. Yeah. So... They did not celebrate Christmas in America. Yep. Um, from f- 1659 to 1681, Christmas was officially outlawed in Boston. There you go. And anyone exhibiting Christmas spirit was fined five <laughs> shillings. <laughs> now, in contrast, mm-hmm. at Jamestown, Captain yeah. John Smith was like, yeah, no, we had a great time. No yeah. problems. We all loved Christmas. Yeah. 
which is hilarious. Yeah, you get down into your your non-Puritan settlements, and you know things are things are a little more fun until the American Revolution. Yeah. Yep. Uh, during the Ameri- after the American Revolution, we got rid of a lot of English customs, and one mm-hmm. of them was Christmas, and it wasn't even declared a federal holiday until June twenty sixth of eighteen seventy. Wow. So that was like a hundred years, basically yeah, no Christmas. That's interesting, right? So what brought Christmas back? Hmm. I, one... I got my guesses, but yeah. You know. Do you? It's an American author. <laughs> an, an American author. Yeah. Huh. Uh, that's that's not who I would have guessed. So. Right. Yeah. So for anyone who remembered during spooky season, I talked about pumpkin heads oh so uh good old washington irving Washington huh? Irving. i did not know that yep so in 19th century the american begins to embrace christmas again um they reinvent it and change it from this crazy carnival 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 mm-hmm. carnival holiday into a family-centered day of peace and nostalgia but why why was it then that was so important right So remember when we talked about um, the end of the American Revolution when everyone was trying to create this folklore to make their world feel safer again Mm -hmm. and try to take these things that they had and turn them back into something more recognizable and still carry on traditions and such? Okay. So during the time, unemployment's high, gang rioting was huge, there were a lot of disenchanted people, and... It usually happened during that kind of holiday season when, you know, there were no resources. Mm -hmm. Um, So in 1828, New York City Council institutes the city's first police force in response to a riot. And this totally catalyzed people to be like, we need to think about what the hell we're doing right now. So our good friend, um, Washington Irving, writes this book. It's called The Sketchbook of Jeffrey Grant crayon gentlemen and it's a series of stories about celebration of christmas in an english manor house so it features a squire who invented who invited the peasants into his home for the holiday so in contrast to the problems that we were facing in society the two groups mingled effortlessly there wasn't that class war that was happening right Mm -hmm. and in his mind christmas should become peaceful warm-hearted bringing people together across these social lines so he starts these stories um, that have the fictitious celebrants enjoying these ancient customs, including the crowning of the Lord of Misrule and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the book's not really based on anything. Yeah. Um, most people are like, yeah, he totally invented every single thing. <laughs> but it became so popular that it kind of became this idyllic, this is what we should do. Mm-hmm. Around the same time, English author Charles Dickens creates the classic holiday tale, yeah. A Christmas Carol. This is where I was assuming it would have come from. But yeah, yeah. No, it actually started with this guy first, right? right? right. Um, so around this time, Charles Dickens creates Christmas Carol. And the story's message is the importance of charity and goodwill towards all humankind. And it really struck a chord for people everywhere. And it showed members of Victorian society the benefits of celebrating the holiday in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, the family was also becoming less disciplined and more sensitive to the emotional needs of children during the 1800s. And so Christmas provided them a day that they could lavish attention and gifts on their children without trying to spoil them. As Americans began to embrace Christmas as a perfect family holiday, a bunch of old customs start to pop up out of nowhere, right? So people look towards recent immigrants and Catholics and Episcopalian churches to see how the day could slash should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. And the next hundred years, the Americans built a Christmas tradition all their own 
that included so many customs from other places that include decorating trees, sending holiday cards, and gift giving. Although most families quickly bought into the idea that they were celebrating Christmas how it had been done for centuries, mm-hmm. they had actually we had actually reinvented it mm-hmm. as we reinvented ourselves as a nation. Okay. So it's kind of a cool thing. So let's talk about Santa. All right. Santa's real. I'm just putting Saint that Nick. out there. The legend of Santa can be traced back to a monk named St. Nicholas who was born in Turkey around mm-hmm. 280 AD. He gave away all of his inherited wealth and traveled to the countryside, helping the poor and sick, becoming known as the protector of children and sailors. St. Nick first entered American popular culture in the late 18th century in New York when Dutch families gathered to honor the anniversary of the death of St. Nicholas, or Center Claus, yep. for short. And he gets his name Santa Claus from that abbreviation. In 1822, Episcopal minister Clement Clark Moore wrote a poem called An Account of a Visit from St. Nicholas, and most people know that as Twas the Night Before or Christmas. Christmas. Yep. Right. And the poem depicts Santa Claus as a jolly man who flies from his home on a sled driven by reindeer to deliver toys. Um, the iconic version of Santa Claus as a jolly man in red and white with a beard and sack of toys was immortalized in 1881. When political cartoonist Thomas Ness drew on Moore's poem to create the image of St. Nick that we know today. Now, my family has letters and things that were written around that time okay. from the person. There, it was published in a newspaper clipping hmm. that was saved in some book of poems that it's probably been around for a million years. Okay. And we read the story of the person that was staying with um, Clement Seymour when huh. he wrote this book. Okay. And then we read the poem and things like oh, that cool. on New Year's Eve every year. It's a weird tradition, but I love it. That's cool. Now for a fun tradition that we celebrate as part of our Christmas. Why do we leave out cookies and milk for Santa? Thoughts? Because um, parents like cookies and milk. Wait, are you saying Santa doesn't eat my cookies and milk? Well, Santa does too, but he shares it with parents. Does he? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Will's getting some side eye right now. You yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. So we leave cookies and milk for Santa and sometimes carrots for the reindeer. This took off uh, as a holiday tradition in the 1930s during the Great Depression, and it's totally an American thing. Mm-hmm. In that time of great economic hardship, many parents tried to teach their kids that it was important to give to others to show gratitude for gifts that they were lucky enough to receive. Um, like 80 years later, people were still leaving things out, whether for the goodness of their heart or whatever else. Some, I love this explanation was, as a bribe to receive more gifts from the <laughs> jolly bearded man in the red suit. Yep. I loved that. Um, and the original roots, though, of this particular action go back pretty far, all the way to ancient Norse mythology. So Odin, the most important Norse god, was said to have an eight-legged horse named Sleipner, Mm -hmm. which he rode with a raven perched on each shoulder, right? And during the Yule season, children would leave out food for Sleipner in the hopes that Odin would stop by on his travels and leave gifts in return. Um, This tradition actually still continues in Denmark, Belgium, and the Netherlands, where people still believe that the horses carry Santa's sleigh instead of reindeer, which makes more damn sense. Yeah, I wonder where the reindeer came from. Like, I think it's on my list. All right. It seems like it's weird that Laplander animals somehow became like the sleigh for Santa. But yeah, whatever. but in Laplanders, they're not the ones that are using yeah, that, the reindeer. Yeah, that's what I feel weird. Yeah, right? I don't know. It's bizarre. It's insane. Um, on Christmas Eve, we leave carrots and hay sometimes stuffed into shoes. They do, not me, um, to feed the exhausted animals. 
In return, they hope to receive holiday treats such as chocolate coins, coca, mandarin oranges, and marzipan, which is disgusting. I'm so sorry to everyone that likes it. <laughs> you don't like marzipan. I huh? don't. It's absolutely the most horrendous. <laughs> it's it's sad because it's the most beautiful candies you have ever seen in your life. Yeah. And then you take a bite and you're like, this tastes terrible. Why would you eat this? Nice. And people love it. I just don't fucking get it. <laughs> Very bitter about not, this one. Not an almond fan. Huh? No. So, over the years, different countries have developed their own version of the cookies and milk tradition. British and Australian children leave out sherry and mince pies. Now, that's something I can get behind. There you go. Uh, Swedish kids leave out rice porridge. Ew. Ew. Um, and Santa can expect a pint of Guinness along with his cookies when delivering toys in Ireland. Nice. They do yep. it right. They right. do it up. French children leave out a glass of wine for Pierre Noel and fill their shoes with hay, carrots, and other treats for his donkey guy, French for mistletoe. <laughs> Love it. In Germany, children skip the snacks altogether and leave handwritten notes for the Christkind, a symbolic representation of the Christmas spirit who is responsible for bringing presents on Christmas. Though many children, um, mail, German children mail their letters before the holiday, there are six official addresses for the letters that are addressed huh. to Christkind. Um, some leave out the letters on Christmas Eve, however, decorated with sparkly glue or crystal sugars. This is totally something that I also did. <laughs> on Christmas morning, the letters have been collected and gifts left in their place. We always try to leave a letter to Santa to let him know that he doesn't have to leave us a gift, mm-hmm. that we just appreciate that he stopped by. Nice. When, when we were little, it was like I yeah. wanted a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And now as an adult, it's always like, thank you. I still yeah. We still leave them out. Yeah. I think Dad writes them up now. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Dad's the one that collects them, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's this is the general history of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you can obviously dig in deep to each individual thing. So let's go down the rabbit hole. Each year, thirty to thirty-five million real Christmas trees are sold in the United States alone. Wow. There are twenty-one thousand Christmas tree growers in the United States, and trees usually grow for fifteen years before they're sold. Man, that is. That's a, lot a, lot. Of, a lot of industry going into that. There is. And also, I don't know, I kind of find it sad that they cut down those trees. I, I mean, they've been growing for 15 years. Yeah. And it holds up in my living room for a month. Yeah. Not really. It dies. This is sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I've, I've never been a, a big real tree person, so. Really? Yeah. Um, we loved them, except for everyone in my family is super allergic to them. Mm-hmm. So it's the quickest way to get anyone in our family sick at the holiday season is to walk into a house that has them. I love the way they smell. Mm-hmm. Within a week, I'm going to be like... Yeah. The first eggnog made in the United States was consumed in Captain John Smith's 1607 Jamestown settlement. Nice. I always wondered where people came up with the idea for eggnog. I don't know, but they're the same geniuses that came up with bourbon cream, I'll tell you that much. Yep. My grandfather loved eggnog. I'm a fan, but nobody else in my family likes it. So if I get any, I'm going to be the only one that drinks it. But it's not even good eggnog because it's not the eggnog with the rum in it. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I love me some eggnog. We'll get next time we record. Mm-hmm. We'll get a little get jar some, of it. Get some legit eggnog. Yeah, <laughs> sit and sing to you. Let's see what happens to the recordings as we go along. <laughs> Guys, I have a story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Poinsettia plants are named after Joel R. Poinsett, an American minister to Mexico who brought the red and green plant from Mexico to America in 1828. I am so sorry to whatever genius brings those in every year at the day mm-hmm. after Thanksgiving. I buy like ten of them. Yeah. 
I don't know why. I don't need them. I kill them almost immediately. They're pretty plants. It, I think it just makes me feel more festive. I don't know. And I'm not a very festive person, to be honest. Um, the Salvation Army has been sending Santa Claus clad donators, donation collectors, Jesus, into the streets since 1890. Wow. I did not know it went back that far. <laughs> it's crazy. Rudolph, the most famous reindeer of all. <laughs> all yes. Clearly beats the hell out of Vixen for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was a product of Robert L. May's imagination in 1939. The copywriter wrote a poem about a reindeer to help lure customers into the Montgomery Ward Department <laughs> store. And what is more American than that? I'll tell you what's more yeah, American than yeah. that. Construction workers started the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree tradition in go. the 1930s. Nice. Do you guys have any cool Christmas traditions? Uh, we don't have any major cool Christmas traditions kind of in our family right now. We're usually kind of traveling enough that we kind of get back, have Christmas morning, you know, and then do whatever. Growing up, I don't know. I mean, we kind of had the standard standard Christmas stuff. Um, hmm. What does standard mean? Christmas tree, presents under the Christmas tree in the morning. Yeah. You know, um... We always had a big, you know, what I loved as a kid was we always had a big family get-together, you know, Christmas Eve, you know, at my aunt and uncle's, and that's when everybody exchanged family gifts, so, right. you know, everything from, you know, for, between cousins and aunts and uncles and all that kind of stuff, and it was always just a blast. That was always kind of my favorite part of Christmas, really, was that, was that yeah. We do, uh, on Christmas Eve is probably actually more important to me anymore than Christmas Day, mm-hmm. so we always do, we read, um, not a religious family. We read the passages from the Bible mm-hmm. about the birth of Christ. Yep. Not, not a religious family. And then we do um, and the night before Christmas. It was the night before Christmas, and we yep. read the the article from the newspaper. We always read Dear Virginia, um, mm-hmm. which is the letter about yeah, yeah. she sent to someone asking if there was a Santa Claus, yeah. and the editor of yeah. whatever the newspaper responded. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful, yes, lovely. Virginia, there is a Santa. Yeah. Yes. And it's lovely. And then. Last year, Dad and I drank bourbon cream, and then he went to bed, and Mom and I were like, hey, you know what we should do? (laughs) So traditionally, he doesn't Mm -hmm. go to this part of Christmas Eve. It's always been Mom and I. Mm -hmm. Um, I had an aunt when I was growing up that had Down syndrome, and so on Christmas Eve, we always took her back home before um, the night, and then we'd pick her up in the morning again. Uh And so after we did all of our Christmas Eve stuff, she and Grandma and Mom and I would get in the car. When my brother was alive, he came with us, and we would go look at Christmas lights. Oh, yeah. So that's how we always spent our Christmas Eve. And um, in Topeka, out at Shawnee Lake, mm-hmm. they do a Winter Wonderland, which is um, a drive-through light show yep. that is sponsored by Sheltered Living, um, which is where my aunt was living at the time, because um, it's for developmental disabled people. And she'd already been through always like 50 times, but she would get so stoked about it. And we would drive through and, you know, you have your Christmas music playing. And then we would drive through the various parts of town because in in Topeka, there's a section of town with Victorian homes called Mm -hmm. Potwin. And they have the the roundabouts. Mm -hmm. And on each of the roundabout is a part of a story. So as you're driving through, you have to read the stories and all the people have their houses lit up beautifully, decorated very tastefully. And then there's Candy Cane Lane, and like now Topeka has a map of all the places places. to go, and it's actually quite fascinating. Um, And then while I was living here in Manhattan, we were trying to start the tradition of my best friend and my mom would bring down my best friend's kids, and Mm -hmm. we went on the um, 
Manhattan does the horse-drawn carriage ride okay. down at Blue Earth Village. Okay. It's free. You just hop on and you go for a ride down points, up and down. Oh, cool. And then we would drive to Amigo and drive through their lighted show. Mm-hmm. So most of my Christmas memories and like real joy and love yeah. things yeah. have nothing to do with it's looking yeah. at the damn Christmas yeah, lights. Yeah, and that's always something we've done too that, yeah, we always go out Christmas light. Hunting. You know, always, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you go get, it's a kid hot chocolate now yep. usually coffee or something and then you know drive around see all the stuff talk about what your favorite thing that you saw was all that kind of stuff um mine was always the lighted nativity yep yep it's always fun to like see that kind of stuff yep. um you know uh trying to think you know we always like my wife's family they used to always watch um home alone on christmas eve that's funny I know people that watch like Die Hard. Is yeah, there... Die Hard's a pretty pretty standard one now too, which is kind of fun. It has nothing to do with Christmas other than it happens, it happens on happens Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I haven't. Seen like it as a kid, I didn't realize. I didn't always think of Home Alone as a Christmas thing. Actually, I mean, it totally is, but like right. it, it didn't. It was like, oh, I guess that does take place at Christmas. It, you know, it was just something I hadn't thought of until you know my wife said they watched it all the time. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. We used to watch the Hallmark Christmas movies, and now they're on from july until so they're not as exciting as they used to be but they used to be fun you would watch Mm -hmm. some cheesy christmas movie while you were cooking dinner or whatever yeah i'd always catch the charlie brown christmas special that was you know classic we don't have those specials anymore like we used to yeah i just don't have i don't have as many you know true tradition tradition type things that you know right we do this specific thing this specific way and we watch this but you know we have a very specific meal Mm -hmm. that we've done for years if we're gonna cook you know if we cook, there's a specific mm-hmm. meal. Like you always, I tried to change it up one year yeah. and do fancy Food Network stuff. Yeah. I was very gently told not to do that anymore. <laughs> um, but it was like the turkey's always cooked the same way, the mm-hmm. stuffing's always made the same, the mashed potatoes don't don't get fancy. Yeah, I got yeah. fancy with the stuffing, and I got put back in my place. Nice. <laughs> Mom liked it, and that's all that matters. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So I guess um, happy holidays. Yeah. Uh, you may not celebrate Christmas, and we don't discriminate so enjoy whatever your winter break plans are yep um we'll probably not yeah. take a break but yep if you're lucky enough to have a winter break <laughs> please enjoy. thankfully i am and i will enjoy it but i know a lot of people don't but right. uh, but yeah um happy holidays glorious dark time i always find it weird that you know yes it's not only the return of the sun but it's not like the sun is back it's no. the darkest day of the year like it, right. you know around the what 21st 22nd yeah and but it's, it's coming slow. back yeah, so it's, it's coming back just going to be forever before it is back right right so we can enjoy the dark at five o'clock and you know Don't that kind of stuff that. but enjoy each other yep and uh we will catch you all later yeah. so thanks for listening to our podcast thank you to hollow state audio for our music and uh merry holiday christmas happy all the things festivus whatever it is you're we celebrating really celebrate whatever right. your thing is all do right. it yep all right sounds cool catch <laughs> you all later all right. bye bye